You are listening to the Not Another Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, David and Jason. Welcome to the Not Another Sports Podcast, Episode 10. This is the home of sports talk for everyone. I'm David. I'm Jason. Welcome aboard. Episode 10, geez. 10 episodes already. Yeah, crazy to think, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Gotta love it. So, we're recording this uh, on December 18th, because next week's Christmas. Happy holidays! Um, (laughs) It's a season to be stressful, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la. Um, so just so we have time to spend with our families, we're just recording this early, but, uh, all these up, everything that we're going over today for updates is basically recent on what's going on, what's happening. So going into that, going to episode one, just updates here, uh, that we had previously for, uh, start of the NHL season got moved from January 1st to January 13th. And what they actually came out with today, from what I was reading, a 56-game schedule. That's going to get interesting. Uh, and this goes back to, to me, this goes back to something we've talked about a couple of times now when we talk about the NHL. Um, to me, it definitely comes across as a, as a player safety thing. Because the original proposal was what the same, a normal season just condensed into a smaller time frame which then you're looking at more injuries you're looking at there there's too many variables that could go wrong in that situation so i think dropping to a 56 game season isn't actually a bad idea no yeah i mean it's i think what's going to try they're going to try to happen is to make it to where it falls into a normal time frame to where the NHL is going to – the regular season should end in October. Playoffs should end end of May, beginning of June, depending on how, how the series play out. So we'll see on that one. And the fact that they're, you know, they're doing the 56 games should help with, you know, try to keep that in play. Yeah. Also, what I heard is some some of the stadiums, or or I should say, some of the teams, are possibly allowing fans in, but I guess it's all pending on what state because of fund restrictions. Right. So, and now I'm trying to find this here. I know I read it before. Is where they're possibly trying to move the Canadian teams to the U.S. Yeah, because of. Of the, of the travel restrictions. Whatnot, yeah. yeah. So that's going to get interesting. Where, where are they going to put them? My assumption would be then they're probably going to put them in the closest, either the closest arena or the closest minor league affiliate arena. So you might see NHL games being played in an AHL arena. Yeah. Uh, see here, because oh, Montreal. I mean, I'm trying to think of teams like real close, like uh, Montreal, Ottawa. I think they're close by, I think. But, yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to have Toronto. 
And I'm seeing uh, the top four teams in each division will make the playoffs. So each division, you know, we'll still have a champion and we'll for the Stanley Cup final. So that's, you know, that's pretty cool. Uh, I think the 56 game schedule is probably the right way to go this, this coming season. Uh, it's crazy to say this coming season when we'd be knee deep into it by now, but. Oh yeah. Winter classic would be only two weeks away, but they're obviously doing the best they can with how last season had a pause and then restarted and ended <laughs> around the time that, <laughs> that, uh, that preseason games were being played. So, but then again, last year, okay, yeah, we had that break. Yeah, everybody had to pick it back up. But look how successful it was. Yeah, and you know, again, all credit goes to the NHL and and Batman for taking it seriously and and doing what was right by the players. Um, Are we going to beat the dead horse? We might have to. Okay, <laughs> the bubble works. <laughs> but no, yeah, but yeah. Batman did do he he did do right. Give him one thing for that, because that's really all you can. Uh, but I still wish the guy who uh had the opportunity to put booze in to the to uh at the Stanley Cup presentation, I just wish he would have put the booze in. <laughs> just like every one before, you know, every finals before when the cups presented, all you hear is booze to Batman. That should be a t-shirt, Booze for Batman. There you go. That should be. <laughs> I'd buy one. <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, so with the season starting on the 13th instead of the first, still no Winter Classic. But uh, there might be something interesting coming down the pipe for that. Who knows uh, what they're going to do. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, an update on that one. So, times. um so we've, we've talked about the Phillies and we talked about them getting rid of Matt Klintak. Uh, and you're just so sad about that. I'm very, I'm broken up. Let me tell you uh, a lot of sleepless nights over that. <laughs> um, sleepless nights. Yeah. Yeah. Sleepless nights for being excited. But now they recently hired uh, Dave Dombrowski as their president of baseball operations to a four year, $20 million deal. Um. Now I've had some fun with this on on social media because I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh, good luck to the Phillies. They're gonna they're gonna lose all their talented prospects." And my response is, "They don't have them." <laughs> so right. you can't have one of the worst farm systems and have a bunch of talented prospects. Um, Dom- Dombrowski does have a track record of dealing away prospects to get talented veteran players because most of the teams he takes over have been win now teams. Um, he's been in baseball since 1978. So he's got 42 years at, by 2021, he'll have 41, 43 years of experience in baseball. Uh, he helmed the Marlins 97 world series victory. He helmed the 2018 world uh, Red Sox world series victory. Uh, took the tigers to four division titles and an AL pennant. He has success wherever he goes. Um, with the Phils being in a win now attitude, I'd like to think this works out. Um, I always have that fear because of when talented people get to Philadelphia, something goes wrong. Oh yeah. That's how it always is. I mean, well, then again, what Philadelphia team has not been a win now thing? 
I mean, look at the Flyers when Bobby Clark was around. He always traded off the prospects, the good, you know, the young players to build on for the high-end veterans that end up flopping or the, how much money have they lost because of that. Right. You know, because with the salary caps the way they are, you know, what Philadelphia team isn't a win now? No, the Eagles did it when they signed Terrell Owens. They did it again when they signed a bunch of name players, uh, I want to say in 2013 or 2014, and they were a bust then too. Uh, I don't – it sounds bad because I am am one, but I think some of it falls on the fans. I think sometimes uh, Philadelphia fans, while very passionate and very educated – maybe expect too much sometimes, especially now. Um, God, I'm going to get so much hate for that. Um, <laughs> Why? I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, the thing is though, when it comes to Philadelphia, it's, if a player wants to end their career, it just feels like they come to Philly. They don't go to other teams. They come to Philly to end their careers. Cause oh, something always happens. Like for example, Chris Pronger, Hell of a defenseman through the years. He comes to Philly. They almost win a cup in 2010. And then after that, it just seems like it's gone to on a decline. And he gets hurt, and then he's out. Same thing with Keith Primo. Good, you know, good promising, and all of a sudden he gets injured. That's it. So it's almost like if you weren't an injury-prone player, you come to Philly, you turn into one. Or in, or in, let's say, this case, the GMs, they just trade off all the prospects, all the good players that are growing just for veterans that can bomb later. Well, that's one of the good things that the Phils don't have a lot of good prospects right now. Um, their best prospect true, is, still. was playing third base last season. He's definitely part of the, the major league squad now. Um, now, and what I've seen is that he he's he has mentioned that hiring JT Romuto back now that he's a free agent is definitely a priority. Uh, the bullpen he has stated is is a major priority, and obviously, if you're a Phillies fan, you know that the bullpen cost them a lot of games last year. Um, they got to do something because they ended that rebuild and it did not work out so far. Not saying that they haven't competed because they have, but they just don't make it through that final month and something's got to give. I think Girardi's still a great manager and he did what he could with, with, with the short season and with the bullpen he had last year. Uh, but they need to get really good pitching for the bullpen. They need to pick up at least two more guys in the rotation after uh, Eflin. And I definitely think signing JT is a priority, but if they can't afford it, I understand that they aren't going to do it. It's not going to break my heart. And besides the Mets already got a catcher, so he's not going to the filthy Mets. (laughs) Plus. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say, I think they're going to win, win it all this season, but I'm hoping that they put the pieces in the puzzle to win it all in the next two or three seasons. Well, they have four years to see what's going on. You know, so uh, who knows? I mean, let's just hope he can do something. Let's hope he can make a change and get, well, well, let's get JT back. Let's get, 
you know, let's get the ball rolling. My thing is, I don't want to, you don't want to waste Bryce Harper's prime years. You don't want to waste um, Aaron Nola's prime years. You don't want to waste Zach Wheeler's prime years. You got a lot of guys on that team who are hitting what is considered their prime years, their late 20s, early 30s. And then you have a young guy like Alec Bohm who was just phenomenal in his rookie season, should have been rookie of the year as far as I'm concerned, based on how he played and how mature he played the game for his rookie season. Um, you have him at third base. You want to get a, you know, a, you want to win it all with him while he's young too. Uh, they have the pieces. It's just getting the puzzle right. Oh yeah. Everything has to fall into place. I mean, he may have a hell of a resume to, you know, for what he does, but can he bring a world series back to Philly? That's, you know, that's, that's the question the and that's the goal. You know, I mean, yeah, he has all these, you know, he has, let's see, what's he have here? Four division titles to start with. Just with the Tigers. Yep. Pennant, an AL pennant with the Tigers. To a World Series with the Red Sox, World Series with the Marlins. And he got that World Series with the Marlins when the Marlins were crap. I mean, that's yeah. the team that Darren Dalton got his World Series ring with was the Marlins in 97. Um, the Marlins. The dude, the dude has gotten it done as a, as a front office man. And I think them hiring him as the president of baseball operations was a great move. Well, let's just hope it stays. You know, let's just hope that rhythm stays, that he can be successful with the Phillies to bring back a World Series. Or in four not... years, I'll be boiling a hat and eating it because I was wrong. <laughs> well, well, like you said, you don't want Harper's prime to go to waste here when you can get somebody like this in who is, who is gun-ho on trying to, to rebuild the bullpen, the sign yeah. JT. And if you can get somebody with that type of enthusiasm in with this type of resume, and like you said, if they can get a World Series with the Marlins, you know, he okay, let's see what he can do for, you know, let's see what he can do for the Phillies. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just go from there. So, on that note, that is the end of period one. On to period two. Now, this uh, resorts back into what we said in period one about the hockey season starting up again on January 13th. Foreshadowing. Uh, foreshadowing. What did I say? <laughs> I just said foreshadowing because you already referenced it. That's all. Making oh, a joke. Okay. Okay. Uh, that was <laughs> – that's one of those days. Fun times. So, uh, there was talks about it, whether or not – it's actually going to come to pass, but they were talking about some teams playing their season outside. So the winter classic may not be held, but games can still be played out. You know, they might be able to play something outside. Uh, the teams that I've read, uh, this is off of ESPN. Now this is just some of the teams, whether or not they have, um, uh, considered it or really pushing forward to it, but the Kings and the Bruins are so far the ones that now there's probably more who knows uh, that are exploring this option. 
I think I'm seeing the Ducks, the Penguins, um, the Hurricanes, the Stars, and the Predators as well. Okay, so then that's more added to the list there. Yeah. So either way, I mean, playing all your home games outside, and and also there's a list on where the teams would actually play because they actually list uh, the Ducks at Angel Stadium, the Bruins at Fenway. So, you know, Flyers at the, you know, at the link. Yeah, you know, to Lincoln Financial Field. It's it's definitely an interesting um interesting idea. Um my thought is and it's gonna be the same thing if they were playing indoors in an NBA NHL state uh, arena. Um but man the, the teardown is gonna be impressive come baseball season. Yeah, that would definitely be impressive because for how long it takes them to do the winter classic ice. I mean for them to keep this going. Yeah. Now, is baseball going to start up when it should? As of now, that's the game plan. That the uh, the MLBPA wants to start on time, half spring training in February. So we're going to see what happens on that one. Yeah, because some of these are at football fields too. Like I said, the Flyers are at Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, Dallas will play at the Cotton Bowl. So it's all, you know, it's all, it's all pending on where they're going. I would actually think for, for Boston and Pittsburgh and, and, and Philly. Um, and I would even say maybe for the Ducks, depending on where the Ducks could find a home outside of the Angel Stadium. Um, maybe playing in the baseball stadiums until baseball state, if baseball starts, football is going to be ending in the next two months. So you could probably play in those stadiums until football's over and transition into Heinz Field, the link, uh, the what I forget the name of the new LA stadium that the Chargers and the Rams play at, um, and you could play where the the Pats play uh, in Foxborough. Um, so there, I would definitely say there's there's possibilities where these teams could play even in the football stadiums too. Oh yeah, I mean it's always an option. I mean, so then oh, like you don't said, have many... to tear down constantly. You can just leave it set up. Oh yeah, like you know, just looking at the list, it's all depending on where you're at. Like I said, Flyers are at the at the at Lincoln, Dallas at the Cotton Bowl. So it's all. It, it'd just be interesting to see how they would come up with a way to, like you said, keep the ice up during that time so they don't have to keep tearing down, putting right. back up, tearing down, putting back up because it's a process just for the winter classic to be, you know, for that ice to be done there. Right. And that's why I was thinking like maybe do, like I said, the baseball, the baseball stadiums for so, so long. And then once baseball starts logistically, just go into the football stadiums the rest of the season. I, mean, I don't know why they just don't start going to the football stadiums then. You know, so you know how the NFL is. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, at that time, season starts January thirteenth. So, you know, playoff games, and those are going to be Pacific teams. So they're not going to be all. Well, I'm going to say it's knock on wood. I, I don't see the the Steelers not making the playoffs at this point. So <laughs> I would say that the Penguins would have to play at a uh, PNC Park. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely 
yeah, it's definitely something they would have to do. Um, but yeah, it's it'd be interesting to see how that plays out, if that even is a thing. But just, I don't know. Would be neat to see, though, because they, what uh, NHL and NCAA games, what they're looking for, uh, let's hear, uh, they did host in the past as well for outdoor stuff. Well, here's another thing. Outdoor, there's a better chance that fans will be able to attend games as well because it's going to be open air. There's going to be more, especially in a football stadium, there's going to be more room to space people out. Um so oh, yeah. I, I definitely think this is a good idea on the NHL's part to try and get as many teams as they can to play outdoors. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's, it's definitely something that they that they can view, like you just said. It's more that they could probably get more people there than they would at an NHL stadium or even an, an AHL stadium, right? You know, and. Of course, they're probably only allowed you know X amount of people in, but also how many states are saying no, or some states are saying okay, you can have have some, right? You know, because I know California, even with the 49ers, they had they have to play in Arizona. All their home games are in Arizona. Yeah, well, California is the new hot spot. So yeah, so where are the Sharks going to play? Where are the Kings going to play? You know, if that's the thing coming up, if they're going to have any type of of process like that they got to move them right that's so, a very good point we're gonna have to wait and see i guess because if that's the case if if the niners are moving you know if the niners move to arizona kings and sharks are gonna have to move to a you know a specific state uh, a, a specific arena yeah they're already looking to bring the uh, canadian teams down into the u.s so they got to find a, a you know a home for them, but playing outside maybe just could be that little uh, breaking point on. Maybe we don't need to find this this team a home. We can just put them in an, a a football stadium at that time. And here's another thing we talked about previously. Um, we talked about how they were looking at doing pod cities. So it you play outdoors you could set that up in a stadium for how long and one night you could do the Kings versus the coyotes. And then the next night you could do San Jose versus whomever. And as you know what I mean? No one's, they're not going to be surrounding each other all the time. You're going to be getting them in, cleaning everything, getting the next team in, cleaning everything, sanitizing everything, whatever you got to do. That might be the way to go Do the pod cities at the stadiums. Oh yeah, well look what they did with the bubble. They, you know, between the periods they even sprayed the benches down. You know, and then in between games they had to do that. At this point yeah. we're not beating the horse dead, we're chainsawing it dead. The bubble freaking works. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it does. But what was interesting with the bubble though when uh, they had that uh extremely long overtime. <laughs> how they had they had uh, post game, you know, they had to postpone games just because of it. But yeah, no, I mean, are we chainsawing it, or are we just doing almost like the Godfather thing here? No, oh, that would be part of chainsawing it. They're going to be leaving the the horse head on the NHL sheets at this point. <laughs> I mean, 
but yeah, I mean, it's just where they're going to put, you know, like we just said that, you know, you could do either do the pod cities or put like the Northern, like, you know, move all the Canadian teams down into baseball or football stadiums. Yeah. Well, mainly, mainly football because baseball is going to start up. If, it, if they're looking to start up normal, they're going to need them. Right. You know, and I know some people are like, well, having an outdoor game during, you know, April or May, well, it can be done. And they can make it work. They they have the people who can do that. So well, it has been done. I mean, I think it was. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think it's the Kings and the Ducks. They played at Dodger Stadium. Yes, there was a, a game at Dodger yeah. Stadium. You're right. So, if they can do it there, what makes them not be able to do it somewhere else? They did it in Dallas. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It was you know well, January, but still. But no, here's the thing, though. A lot of the, the current stadiums, be it football or baseball, some of them are, are domes that re, with retractable roofs. So you can close the dome and have some kind of control to the temperature as well. Oh, yeah. That, or not just temperature, just, you know, just the elements. If it rains, you know, that's going to mess with the ice. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen? I mean, hopefully they do something to really gain the excitement back. Because I know right now, I mean, I know I'm missing hockey right now for sure. Because normally I'd be, I'd be watching X amount of games right now. <laughs> you know, and I do miss watching Saturday night hockey like we usually did. Yeah. So. Thank God there's YouTube and you can watch classic games. Right. Those are always fun to watch too. You know, especially like the Flyer games or how just any of the classic ones. But always something. I think I actually have my uh, top 10 flyer games. Nice. And, uh, well, the one that uh, you want to watch the uh, Flyers versus the Soviet Union. Yep. Where they skated off and they had to (laughs) skate back on because they weren't going to get paid. That'd be a good one to do a review of. That would be one. Flyers just beating them to, you know, beating them beyond belief and not in the scoreboard. It was just mainly beating them, literally beating them. Yeah. The Soviets weren't prepared for how, uh, how physical how they tough, were. Yeah. Oh, they don't call them the broad street bullies for nothing. But I think that that goes back to our previous discussion last episode on, on, you know, the difference between finesse and, and, and tough players. Oh, yeah. Russian, the Russian team might have been intimidating points-wise, but they were more finesse than they were physical. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, though, if a guy, okay, yeah, he may have the puck, he may move the puck past you, but are you getting past the guy? Are you getting past the defender? Right. Without being put on your rear? That's the question. Enforcers matter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, imagine if Gretzky didn't have any when we – you know, when we had that discussion. Yeah. We need to get that trending. Hashtag enforcers matter. Right? T-shirts. But yeah. Uh, now, I'm, th- I'm seeing they're on the list of where if they did do the outdoor games, they did list like uh, the Montreal Canadiens where they would play. But if they're moving them to the U.S., are they going to really, you know, keep those in play? Right. So. Well, we'll have to wait and see what happens closer to uh, season time. We got another 
about less than a month here, a couple of days. Yeah, about a month to go, and we'll see what happens. So on that note, that is the end of period two. On to period three. So uh, for the third period tonight, we're going to be taking a look at our favorite retro jerseys. Now, some of these jerseys are going back, back eras. They're going back in time uh, just because of just what they are. So uh, we'll start off with yours. Okay, we can start off with mine. So uh, and I, I noticed we both did this. We each picked a jersey from each of the four big uh, professional leagues here in the States. Uh, so I'm going to lead off with uh, my NFL pick. I went with the classic Seattle Seahawks look from 76 to 2001. Um, that is their, their royal blue, silver, and green look. Uh, I really like the use of those colors. Uh, I, I, I just think that the blue, green, and silver really it pops. Um, it fits. I, 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 uh, the USFL San Antonio Gunslingers had a similar color scheme, and it looked awesome. I, it just, it's a good color scheme. I think, personally, I think the Seahawks should go back to it. I think the highlighter look is just a little too much right now. Well, you know where the players are at. <laughs> that you do. Um, but it, it's almost an obnoxious highlighter green color, whereas uh, this classic jersey, it's just it's, – it's, it's a classy look. Um, I think it still would fit today in the NFL. It's, it's not over the top. No, not at all. But it's, you know, it's subtle. Like you said, it's subtle. It's not over the top. It, it would fit. And what's crazy is you got to think back in 76, this is probably an outrageous looking jersey. <laughs> right. Because, you know, in, in, in that era. But, I mean, and, and here's the thing. In that era, I mean, you had the, the Oilers were powder blue, the Chargers were powder blue, and these guys are a, a royal blue with that just like it's a Kelly green, almost like Eagles green. Uh it works. The striping on, on the, the pants works. The whole uniform straight up just looks great. And it's, it's a look I wish they would go back to. I think, they'd, I, I think they need to. I think they need to. So uh, what is your first pick, David? Mine was, uh, since, you know, we're doing it by uh, the league here, the NFL here since that, uh, I picked the Boston slash New England Patriots. Okay. I say Boston because they used to be the Boston the, the Boston Patriots. And what that season are you specifically talking about here? Or what time frame? Well, the the old the original logo from sixty one to ninety two. Oh. Where's the actual Patriot hub hiking the ball with Pat the Patriot? Yes, I love that logo. I think that logo fits. It works. That logo is great. You know, uh, don't get me wrong. Of course, the modern days, you need to modernize things, modernize the logo. But to me, that that fit that that fits football. It, you know, it does. That logo fits. It fits Boston. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah, I honestly, I wish they'd go back. I don't like the what is he called the the, the Elvis Patriot logo. Yeah, uh, I like Pat the Patriot. I think it's a cool look. It's a great logo. It's iconic for for the NFL. Uh, I love these jerseys, especially the the home jersey with the blue and red striping on the shoulders. That looks awesome. I mean, it's it's not over the top, like you know, like we said with yours, it's subtle, not over the top. It fits. It's nothing too like outstanding where it's going to hurt your eyes. <laughs> you know, um, so that's why I picked down just because you know the the logo just fits. You know, it just fits football. If, yeah, you know, I agree. You know, with with the color schemes, that's why I picked down because I just like that one the most. Out of, you know, out of the ones I could have picked, plus also how long that logo stood the test of time. Yeah. You know, cause even from when they were the Boston Patriots. And that's going back. That is going back. But, and again, I, I say it's an iconic logo. I mean, they haven't used that logo since 92, but I'll be honest with you, when I hear the Patriots, it's the logo I think of. Oh, yeah, that's the first logo I think of. Um uh, yeah, because you know, because they didn't switch to the new one to till '93. But yeah, as soon as you hear, you know, as soon as I hear Patriots, that's the first logo that comes to mind, not their new one. Right. You know. So, what's your pick for number two? Uh so my next pick is going to be from uh, MLB, and it's very near and dear to my heart. Now, I will preface this by saying I almost went with the Expos uh, '80s jersey, but I decided I'm going to play it close to home, close to the heart. Uh, specifically speaking, the Phillies 1989 to 1991 road uniform. Uh, it is the gray road uniform with the classic maroon P. Uh, first off, it's the, it's the time frame when I first saw the Phils live in person. Um, I think that road uniform just looks fantastic. Um, I think the gray and the maroon look amazing to on it. I already said that and I'm repeating myself already, but I just love the logo and, and the look of it on the road gray so much. Um, no, it's, on, it's, it's definitely, no, it, it definitely works. And I'll say this. I, they've been wearing the red, the, the, the bright red and the, and the gray uniform and the pinstripe white uniform with the red pinstripes for so long now. I would love to see them change back to the maroon, maybe even a maroon with the current logo. Um, Cause I think the maroon is timeless for the fills. Um, well, yeah, it's been around for how long? Uh, 71 to 91. So 20, exactly. 20 full years, but now they've gone over 20 years with the current look. It's just why I think it's time to change it up. Um, and like I said, if, totally deviating here but if if they want to keep the current logo and and the current p you can do that and go back to a, a powder blue and maroon with that with that logo i've seen uh fans drafting of the uniforms and what the logo would look like and it looks great um but for me it's all about uh, everyone likes the powder blue road uniforms for me it's the gray road uniform from the late 80s and early 90s to me that's that looks so much better it's 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 understated, but it still looks really good. An alternate jersey should uh, for the Philly should be a cheesesteak instead of a pea. Uh, I think the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs do a cheesesteak jersey, actually. Oh, do they? Yeah, I think they did. 
Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, because I think I think I think the fight in Phils and Redding were the pretzels, but I think the Lehigh Valley went as the cheesesteaks one season for uh, a game. Nice, nice. That would be funny to see, though. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> Start making the other team hungry by looking at your shirts, you know, by looking at the jerseys. Mm, and, go uh, for a cheesesteak. I don't know if you checked out the links I sent. I sent you for this. Uh, but the the specific one would be the actual Dykstra jersey from '89. Look at how nice that looks. It does look nice, absolutely. It you know it's it's just clean. It's 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 clean cut. Yeah. You know, it's not too much. It's, you know, it just fits what it should do. And no, I agree exactly. Um, so, yeah. uh, so what is your pick? I picked the Chicago White Sox. 1917 jersey with uh oh come on now with uh it's the s with the o and the x in the in the s okay on on the uh the right the left side yes uh first off all those jerseys look really good yeah, I just, I just like to just because it's, it, you know, it's unique, it's different. You don't see that at all anymore. So, that, again, I think all the jerseys they had for that that season look great. I really like that dark blue one with the white pinstripes. I do like that one absolutely. That one is a good one. You know, even though the, I mean, I think the other ones with the pinstripes work too, but the blue really makes it pop. It it, it really makes it stand out and and it's different you know it's nothing like you see nowadays i nowadays it's like like white with the with like the blue pinstripes now it's blue with the white pinstripes yeah i like a lot of the the older uniforms uh especially from that era uh because they they look so different from what we have now now obviously today's uniforms are made for today's player yeah, and the material they're made out of is made for today's player. They're made to be breathable and whatnot. But there's little things in those old uniforms, especially from that time period, that they just pop, they stand out, they look cool. Um, like with the, the Sox jersey, how it has like five buttons that go down and then it stops. Like that's a cool look. Uh, it's a look you don't see. Right. I like, uh, like you said, the logo looks really cool. I like the with the O and the X in the middle of it, you know, the loops of the S. Um, God, those hats are nice too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just things you don't see anymore. You don't see these types of jerseys. You don't see these logos out there anymore. You know, it's just something that's a good retro jersey that, you know, to to, to have or see. So um, I'm a, I'm a big Una nerd um, and I follow Una watch. Um, and I like seeing the old time jerseys as well because the guys are wearing the stirrups. Um, that is an important part of the baseball uniform that is gone nowadays. I mean, I hated them as a kid playing little league, but to me, they are an essential part of the baseball uniform and more guys should be wearing them nowadays. <laughs> yeah. They always were a pain, weren't they? Oh my God. Yeah. Well, they're one size fits all. Okay. <laughs> Hey, at least they weren't shorts. 
That's another White Sox jersey. <laughs> and that's one that we did cover. The, those softball Sunday jerseys. Oh, boy. Oh, those were hideous. Nothing like sliding into second base and getting torn up because you're wearing shorts. <sighs> you're wearing Daisy Dukes to, to, for, to play baseball. <laughs> God, you know, like those guys were one bad slide away from like their butt cheek hanging out because they were wearing shorts instead of pants. Yep. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, imagine going to uh, going going to the dugout. You know, you're you're limping back. What's wrong with you? You just pull down your pants, and there's like you, know, you almost like road rash from the from the dirt. That's exactly what it would be like. You know. Oh. I'll give credit where credit's due. Credit to any girl who ever who, who's ever listened to this show and has played softball growing up when they had to wear shorts. Seriously, all the respect in the world for you sliding into second base wearing shorts. It's the whole reason yeah. slider shorts exist is because of that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I can only imagine how that would feel. <laughs> oh, are those skid marks? Nope, just dirt. No, let me pick some gravel out of my leg before I go up to bat. What is that? It's a rock in your thigh? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh, yeah. White so Sox what's... have had some questionable uh, jerseys, but that one you picked is a good one. Oh, so, oh, so far these all been good. All right. So what's your NBA one? Um. I think I went with an easy one on this one. Uh, I went with the Charlotte Hornets uh, jersey from 91 to 01, uh, specifically their away jersey. Um, it's the teal with the multicolor stripes, the white, purple, and, and green stripes. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, it's, it is an iconic jersey. I, I think this jersey is even more – it's iconic beyond the NBA. I think if you're going to talk to someone who's in our age group and you're going to talk about – the Charlotte Hornets, I think they're going to know this jersey off the bat. Uh, a big oh, reason yeah. is is starter. God, I, I can't tell you how many starter jackets for the Charlotte Hornets I saw in elementary school <laughs> on people who probably didn't watch basketball, but they knew th- who the Hornets were. Um, well, starter was a big thing, too. Uh, everyone got that starter jacket. <laughs> oh, starter jacket, starter anything, really. Um, had a Bulls one <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> Um, but it, it's definitely one of the, it's a very nineties Jersey. I'll give it that, but it's an iconic Jersey. It's not like we've talked about bad jerseys before, like with the Sixers Jersey from the nineties, it looked terrible. <laughs> terrible. Is that, is that what you're going with? That's what I'm going with. But this one, it, it looks play nice with it. <laughs> it looks, it looks good. I would even say it's, it's, it might be timeless because the team's wearing something close to it now. Yeah, I mean, if you can if if you can take a jersey that you had at that time, then yeah, what, what was it, ninety one to oh one? Yeah, and still be able to work with it. Not may not be the same color schemes or the, the same look, but work with work with that other jersey. You 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 know you have a good thing going. You know, yeah, you, you you know you have something. And I think it was it was smart for the team as a whole to go back to that look after they stopped being the Bobcats. Um, but I would say them going back to this look, they don't have the stripes now, 
Uh, but they still have the same color scheme. Still looks good. Yeah. It works. I think, this, I think the stripes that would be, you know. Oh, no, I agree. Something. I think the stripes the stripes look good. Yeah, it adds something. I mean, sometimes stripes don't look good. Uh, on on those jerseys, it does. And I think yes. it could, I think it's because it's multicolored stripes. So you have a white stripe, you have a purple stripe, you have a green stripe. Repeat. It's oh, not yeah. a plain white stripe. It's not a plain whatever stripe. It's multicolored. It pops. Uh, again, it's just an iconic jersey from that time period, and it still looks good today. Yeah, that it does. That it does. So what is your NBA jersey pick? I picked the Chicago Bulls of the 73 to 86, the uh, cursive style Chicago jersey. Okay. That's a good one. That's one I almost picked. Instead of the, like, it's, instead of the Bulls just coming across like it is now, it's actually a nice, you know, cursive style, which kind of, it's kind of different. You don't see that, like, you know, like I said, in other jerseys, you don't see that too often anymore. But it is, it is a nice look yeah, to it. It is a really classy looking jersey. I think the script Chicago looks great. Um, it's an iconic jersey, mainly for, for Jordan, because that's the jersey he first wore when he was a bull. Um, it, I think it looks a lot better than, like you said, the current, the current one that they've been wearing since then. It just says bulls across the top. With the number, everything centered logo. It looks great, and that it is. It's like the Yankees version. It's like the Yankees jersey. You know, it's going to stay the same no matter what, and it's iconic and it looks great. But I think this the script logo uh, for Chicago is tremendous. Oh yeah, it just adds. It it, it just adds to it. It's not like they're like uh, bulls. Yeah, you know, it's, it's Chicago has a different style, has a different you know thing to it. And it's you know not your I, same old, same old. And, and this is something that kind of ties back to, to Pittsburgh. I kind of like when teams have similar colors that are in the same city, like the Steelers, the Penguins, and the Pirates all wear gold and black. Yeah. I like that the, the Blackhawks and the Bulls have the same color scheme, white, black, and red. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's really cool when cities do that. Um, it shows almost like a city unity with the teams. I mean, I don't see uh... – a maroon uh, Flyers or maroon Eagles jersey coming out. <laughs> no, there's, there's or a, no. Or, or a green Flyers jersey, unless it's St. Patrick's Day. There, there's no unity in in, uh, in Philadelphia outside of the Phils and the, the Sixers uniform color-wise. But They say it's a city of brotherly love. It is. But I just it's, – it's something stupid, but I think it's really cool when – like when the Lakers and the Kings had the same colors. Yeah. It's, this, it's um, those little things that – to me, I think are really cool and, and it breeds a fan base in the city. Oh yeah. I mean, the Chicago Bulls at that, in that era was, you know, an excelling team. So it's, you know, in Chicago, you know, and like I said, just, just that look is a neat look. It's a different look. It's, and a, it's, you know, it's a good look. It's classic. Exactly. It's classy. All right, so what's your NHL pick? Okay, so um, I went with a jersey I owned um, as, a young, as a young man because I thought it was a really great-looking jersey. 
Um, I went with the 92-97 Flyer or Penguins away jersey. Uh, the reason I like this jersey so much is I like the diagonal Pittsburgh on the, the, the front of the jersey. I think that's a really great look. I like it with the Rangers. I just like it a lot better with the Penguins. Um, the fact that it got replaced by the Robo Penguin, I think, is crap. <laughs> you don't like the Robo Penguin? I don't like the Robo Penguin. But I think, again, it's a great look. I think the diagonal lettering works great for Pittsburgh, especially on that jersey. And I love that they're bringing it back for the retro reverse jerseys this coming season. Yeah, no, it, that definitely is a good look. I know, uh, uh, well, the Hershey Bears did it. Yes, they did. I think I have one actually with that with the Hershey going diagonal. I think my Hershey Bears jersey is like that. I, I like I like the dia- the the diagonal uh, city on the jersey. Uh, I think it has a really great old time look to it. Um, and it's something that the Penguins really never did before or since. And to me, that stood out. Because they always just but, have the penguin on the front. Yeah. It's always either Robo Penguin or Penguin in a Circle. Right. And I think this, again, I'm glad they're going back to it for this season for the Retro Reverse, albeit on a white jersey instead of a, a black jersey. Uh, but yeah, old-timey feel. Uh, looks great. That's why I picked this one. And I think teams need to I, – I think teams need to go – to try to do something. I mean, if I know some teams can't pull it off because their their name's too long, but some teams can. Like you know, not just a city, but even their name. Like let's say the Sharks have like Sharks going diagonal across. Yeah. You know, or something like that. But no, I think it's a look that they that if a team can pull it off, they should try it. They should try to you know implement that as a jersey, even if it's just a third jersey or something. No, I agree. So what is your NHL pick, David? Now, this is going back. I mean, when I say back, this is 1929 to 1930 jersey of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Since we stayed in the stay in the Pittsburgh area here, uh, we're definitely going to put this jersey up on the Facebook page for everybody to see because this one is – I really like this one just because – Yeah, it's a cool jersey. It's It's different. But like I said, it's you're not going to see this jersey any anywhere, just because it's one 1930. But it has the pirate in the middle, and just Pittsburgh, and then pirates underneath it, and it just you know it's it's yellow with black stripes, with like a solid black, uh, you know, uh, sh- uh, shade on it. So what I like about this jersey is I like that front design. Yes. I like the, the, the black stripe up top, the yellow stripe in the middle, and then like the diagonal black and yellow as well underneath it. I think that's a really cool look. Um, I agree with you. I think the pirate logo is awesome. Yes. I, honestly, if, if, if I could buy a jersey, now look, look at this picture, it looks more like a sweater more than just because of the era. Right, and that's technically but, that's what a, a hockey jersey is still called is a sweater. Yeah, but back then it, they literally were sweaters. <laughs> How played in those types, I have no idea. Without, oh, <laughs> uh, I would die from heat exhaustion. No, I have no doubt. 
But if, if they made a jersey of that, I would definitely buy one. For sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be an awesome um, throwback for the Pir- for the Penguins to do at least once. Absolutely, just do like a inherit, you know, like you know, a Heritage Day or something for you know, uh, just hockey in the city. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, so some yeah. of that pop. No, oh, go ahead. Yeah, this uh, I I found this jersey when I was on uh, NHLUniforms.com. Great website. And oh yeah, because it goes all back into like the Atlanta Flames, the Quakers, the Philadelphia Quakers from thirty to thirty one. <laughs> so it definitely goes back, and you can definitely see where like the Quebec Bulldogs. It goes back that you know further than what you'd actually think. Right. Uh, what I'll do is I'll put up all the links to the different uh, uniform websites that we referenced. Um, cause we used gridiron uniforms, dress to the nines from the baseball hall of fame, uh, jerseymuseum.org and nhluniforms.com as our reference points for these, uh, these Jersey discussions. And they're really great, uh, databases to search through. Uh, so I'll put the links up on the Facebook page as well. Yeah, it's definitely something that now I actually, I had a hard time picking on this one. Okay. Because if you look at now, I've, it, it, was, it was with the same team. But if you look at the 1925 28 jersey and the 28 29 jersey, uh, with the 25, the, uh, the 1925 28 jersey, it's just pirates within the P underneath it, but still the same scheme with the, with the black lines, yellow. I was almost going to pick that one. Oh, that one has the city crest on it. That's cool. Um, so fun fact about the city uh, crest is the Steelers actually had a jersey with it on too in their early days. Oh, really? Yes. Nice. It's an ugly jersey, but they they, they have a jersey with the city crest on it. <laughs> so since we're talking about jerseys, uh, something that just popped into my head. I don't know if you saw it. Oh, that's scary. Uh, did you see that the Wild are considering going back to the old North Stars colors? Interesting. That that would be neat. That would be definitely something. But now, which version of the North Stars? Because they have different types of color. Because they went. It would be the, the from white. sixty-seven to ninety-one was the uh, was the green, yellow, and white. That would be what they're doing. It would be the okay. green, yellow, and white. All right. Yeah, then I could see that. I could definitely see that. So I know uh, from – oh, where was it? Now I just had it here. From 91, 93, they had the, the, you know, the black stars across it with the jersey. So I didn't know if you were thinking that they were doing those colors or the original – jerseys yeah that definitely yeah that definitely fits but but that fits though it does fit but that you know that fits now anybody who wants to see the new retro jerseys coming out for the nhl i'm pretty sure you could see them on nhl.com you know watch you know watch all those fun sites that you know that that could have them uh some of those are neat looking some of those i would buy and i've 
I, I love jerseys, whether I hate the, you know, whether I hate the team or love the team, I'd still buy the Jersey just to have it. Uh, but some of those I would buy. Some of those I'm like, uh, I don't know. No, I, I think, yeah, there's some that are really not so great. There's some that are really great. Uh, we're deviating as always. Um, Colorado do. doing the Nordiques logo with the avalanche colors yes. is really cool. I like that. I, I, I like especially went to the Nordiques. Now, some people who don't know this, the Colorado Avalanche used to be the Quebec Nordiques. They, uh, you know, so that's why they went with that. That I'm pretty sure that's why they went with that logo. Well, then that's why Carolina went with the Whalers logo. Yep. And that's a great one too. Now, if you really want to go back, I think it was the Colorado Rockies that went to the New Jersey Devils. Yes. And before that, they were the KC Scouts. We're really going deep on this one. <laughs> Are we? Well, it's like the, uh, the the Winnipeg Jets went to Atlanta. Yeah, and, and then went came back, back to Winnipeg. <laughs> wow, a lot of teams moved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of teams moved. A lot of teams went out. A lot of teams. Well, it's like the uh, well the Pittsburgh Pirates back in the 30s, went to be the Philadelphia Quakers. Interesting. Fun facts. All over the place. <laughs> right? We're a fun facts team. So, so on that note, that is the end of period three. Well, everybody, I hope you had fun with this. I know this, you know, going through all these jerseys, the retros, getting a little history here of some NHL teams. and While we geek out. <laughs> yeah, just a little. <laughs> I, I'm a self-professed Uni, Uni-Watch nerd, so I'm all about jerseys and logos. I think it's, it's great. Um, something you can dive into that's just fun. Um, you don't have to worry about stats or anything like that. You can just enjoy the changes for what they are. Um, but this was a lot of fun. I hope everyone listening uh, has fun as well. Um, well, 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 well. How about this? Why don't you guys go on Facebook and, and let us know what you pick for, for retro jerseys? Yeah, tell us your favorites. We want to hear from you. You know, not just what we picked. I mean, if you, if you like what we picked, great. If not, you know, tell us what you would pick. And yeah. why? That's why we got the Facebook page. Um, well, thank you for joining us for episode 10 of the Not Another Sports Podcast. You can find us online at facebook.com slash not another sports pod. As we stated, feel free to comment, like, message us, interact with us. That's why the podcast uh, has a Facebook page. Um, the Not Another Sports Podcast is available for streaming or download at anchor.fm. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and wherever else you steal your podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, with that, I'm Jason. I'm David. Happy holidays, everyone. Merry Christmas. You have been listening to the Not Another Sports Podcast. Thank you for your listenership.